everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. So that's right, Dr. Linda. We were talking before the program about how fast time flies, you know. You may not see someone for a week, but it feels like it was just yesterday. I thank you for feeling that way about me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Could not wait to see you again right. in the studio. <laughs> well, we do have fun doing the show. Right. We really do enjoy doing this. We do. I do have a question for you, though. Have you ever had the feeling that someone was dealing with you in a way that just simply felt wrong? And what I mean by that is you may have even labeled them as emotionally abusive. But were they? And how do you know? And what can you do about it? So it's a great question, and I'm glad we're talking about this, because emotional abuse is a big problem in our culture. Mm -hmm. All we have to do is turn on the TV today and listen to political conversations, (laughs) and sometimes I feel like that's happening to me. (laughs) Um, But no one deserves, Chris, to be treated in an abusive way. And yet, sadly, it is fairly common. And when you are in the middle of emotional abuse, you don't always see it. And it can come from a spouse or a parent or or children, a caretaker. Really, it's anyone with whom you are in a relationship. That's right. But it's really good to clarify what emotional abuse is and isn't. Mm. So it's more than negativity in a relationship, because we could talk about a lot of relationships that have some negative aspects to them. It's more than saying things like, you don't like something, or how dare you talk to me, you know, about a difference that you're thinking about that would not necessarily be abuse. It's more than the hurt that you feel from a breakup, or even occasionally somebody yelling at you. It's just more than ordinary conflict. But when the volume turns up, And when arguing becomes screaming, and it turns into name-calling and degrading or denigrating you as a person, then you're moving into emotional abuse. Mm. Well, we we jumped into it pretty quickly here at the beginning of the program, so uh, break it down for us. What exactly is emotional abuse? It's really the fallout of all forms of abuse, and I was thinking about that. You know, it it includes physical abuse, sexual abuse, even spiritual abuse Mm. that sometimes people feel they encounter in a church. It strikes to the core of who we are, and it really does involve this ongoing pattern of behavior that is aimed at controlling a person or disrespecting someone. And it a lot of times goes on behind closed doors. So why do people do it? Well, people are shaped by their environment. I know that means that a lot of this is learned. Mm. They're not growing up in a loving and respectful family. If you grow up in a loving and respectful family, then you tend to treat other people like that, right? Right. On the other hand, if you have a very harsh environment and you hear people demeaning one another or disrespecting one another, that is uh, something that is modeled for you, and you may learn that. And it also teaches you to be anxious, to be self-conscious, maybe to be fearful, which may teach you in some ways to deal with those negative feelings by giving that back to someone else. So in essence, it's really a learned behavior. There's another thing I want us to consider. You know, sometimes kids grow up in very spoiled homes where they feel very entitled and they think that they should always get what they want. Then when they don't get what they want, they can become emotionally abusive adults who try to control others to get their needs met. I know someone like this. He's an only child. He feels very entitled and he has no problem emotionally abusing his coworkers. Mm. And he doesn't seem to think that it's a problem. So, yeah, this is the uh, example that I think I've been around the most. Not necessarily people who have come from a bad Background. situation, yeah. right? But just people who were just given everything as mm-hmm. a kid, and then they expect that as an adult. And 
That's no fun to be around. So it's an interesting way to think about it, right? Because we do think, and it is true, that people that grow up in homes where it's really they're really experiencing that emotional abuse from a family member, mm. it makes kind of sense, doesn't it, that right. they would grow up and maybe model and learn that same behavior. But it is a different twist on it when we think about what have we done when we've created such entitled people and families <laughs> where we don't hold them accountable for consequences or the way they talk. How many times have you been in a restaurant and you've heard a child just scream at a parent very disrespectfully and nothing happens. Oh, uh, let's see. That was uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, another scenario, and that would involve people who were neglected as kids. Those kids that experience neglect have to grow up on their own. Hmm. They become very self-reliant. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't become responsible adults and treat people nicely, but there is a subgroup of kids that are neglected that become very determined to overcome, but they have to do it by being so self-reliant that they adopt this attitude of it's my way or the highway. And as a result of that, if they don't get their way, they get very controlling, and it's because fear is really motivating them. So we've talked about neglect, being spoiled rotten, and just coming from a bad situation, but uh, what other factors are involved in emotional abuse and what contributes to that? Well, you know, here's another one that we maybe don't think about. Some families really glorify power and violence. A child is taught that might makes right. Have you ever heard that phrase? Mm, Yeah. Might makes right. (laughs) right. And so arguments are kind of central in the home. Guns and violence are themes. They're hearing a lot about you have to be strong. You have to assert yourself if somebody gets in your way. So it's sort of this strength position where you have to prove yourself. And if you don't get your way, you just overcome people. And, of course, that's not respectful, and that's not a great way for people to interact, but it could create problems later where people become emotionally abusive. I guess the question then that I have is, what does the abuser get out of it? Because it really makes relationships just hard. It does, and it's it's all about control, and it's really not about dealing with whatever's going on inside of you or whatever your own issues are. If a person has low self-esteem, they don't like to think about that. They don't like to think about the things in their life that are painful. So the negative thoughts come when they reflect on those things. So it's hard for people sometimes to be introspective about, gee, what's my responsibility in this and what am I doing? So the easier thing, you know, we talk about this all the time, it's easier to blame people, right? Right. It's easier to point the finger at someone else, find fault with them, get argumentative, because the benefit to the person is it keeps the focus off of you and it puts it onto another person. So if you're feeling worthless or unappreciated, then you can bully and abuse other people to make you feel important or to even try to have some sense of worth. Is it true, though, that the more you live with this, the more normal it seems? It does become normal because it's familiar. You experienced it, you saw it, you've been around it. But the interesting part is when you start talking to other people, and we'll talk in a little bit about one of the tactics of the abuser is to get somebody isolated. Mm. Because when you start to talk to other people and you start mentioning something, the other person might go, you know what, wow, that's that's not normal, right. or that's not right. I had a young woman recently tell me that she had a friend who was in an emotionally abusive relationship, and the more that her friend was sharing with her how the husband was talking to her, was treating her, the more that she kept saying to her friend, you know, that's not normal. And the friend was like, it's not? 
And it was starting to open her eyes to, wait a minute, maybe I don't need to be treated like that. Maybe that isn't a good way for me to be treated in a relationship. And she couldn't see it before. So it was when her friends started to comment on it that she actually saw that there was a problem. Well, it's not easy. But you can stop the pattern if you're aware of it, right? Right. And that's one of the reasons we're having this show. It's very important to remember that you can stop it. Just because you saw emotional abuse or were neglected as a child doesn't mean you have to choose the same path. But you have to be intentional about it, not bringing that learned pattern of behavior into your adult relationship. When a person knows what it feels like to be emotionally abused, you can start working really hard to make changes. So one way to stop all of this is to become aware, then get some help, maybe some counseling, and become accountable for your words and actions. You and I both know people who have been impacted by emotional abuse. Uh, What does it do to a person? Well, it results in a lot of really negative feelings, and usually there's a lot of confusion, fear, hopelessness, shame, and none of those things are going to be a part of a healthy relationship. So if you're in the middle of emotional abuse, you often have a lot of problems to concentrating, Chris. You get moody, you have muscle tension, aches and pains, nightmares, you can have anxiety, and over time, you have a lot of guilt, insomnia, withdrawing, maybe loneliness, and even chronic pain is tied to this. It's like your sense of self is compromised. Yeah, it's because emotional abuse is designed to chip away at a person's self-esteem, their self-worth, and even make them believe that without the abuser, they have nothing. Tragically, this keeps a person in an emotionally abusive relationship as they feel they have no way out and they are nothing without their abuser. Mm, Well, these are feelings that uh, should never be the case, and you can respond to abuse in ways that keep people accountable. When we come back from the short break, more on how to address emotional abuse and put a stop to it. Social media can be a real source of jealousy in our culture. It's so easy to be envious of a friend's fitness progress, a family member's new car, or a colleague's promotion. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I know I'm not the only one who plays the comparison game on social media. But if our self-worth is measured in the number of hearts our Instagram gets, we're missing the point big time. Instead of obsessing over the number of thumbs up you get, ask yourself, are my actions worthy of a thumbs up from God? I promise you, he doesn't care what your outfit of the day is or if you're drinking your first Starbucks red cup of the season. God already gave you a double tap when he knit you in your mother's womb. And the only filter we need is Christ himself, who erases our imperfections and makes us holy. Having lots of followers is great, but remember, God asked us to follow him first. And you can tweet that. Anger happens. It's part of being human, but it does not need to control or even ruin your life. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, with a quick prescription to help you break free from anger. Whether you are seriously out of control, hot-tempered, or just easily annoyed, why not try this biblical strategy to conquer those destructive reactions? A good place to begin is to admit you have an anger problem, and then begin the tough work of finding the root of your anger. The next step is to identify the triggers, you know, the cues that set you off. Your trigger might be other people or situations or even certain thoughts that pop into your mind. Next, calm down. It's like pressing pause on the moment. Take a breath. Count to five in Spanish or maybe some other language. Get your thinking brain back into control. And then finally, create a reaction plan. So in advance, think about ways to combat those familiar angry feelings. And then practice 
practice, practice your plan. With God's help, you can break free from anger. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today's topic is stopping emotional abuse. And we've got a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And there you will find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media as well. And remember, an easy way to know what she is writing about each day is to follow her on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. Linda Mental. And guess what, Dr. Linda? You can take this program anywhere you'd like by uh, bringing us with you on iTunes. I know, I love it. We're podcasting, and people can listen to us anywhere. I've had a lot of people give me some great feedback on listening to the podcast. Right. They're just taking a walk, or they're in their car, or whatever, and they just listen then. We'll give you a warning, though. Your phone uh, in the shower is not a good idea. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so maybe wait till later. You would be emotionally abusing your phone That's if right. that was the case. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, today's topic is uh, how to stop and deal with emotional abuse. And it seems much of emotional abuse is done with words. There's a lot of power in our words towards others. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and we find that in Proverbs 18.21. And if you listen to the way people talk to each other today, it's often in unkind ways. It's terrible. There was a song by Black Eyed Peas, Will I Am. What is mm. he? Not, he's, is he Will I Am? Yes. Is that his name? Okay. <laughs> it was such a crazy song. It's like, be kind, be nice. Do you remember what that is? I'm asking the producer because he heard that with me. Was it be kind or be nice? But it's just a song with two words that says, be kind, be nice. I'm like, okay, we mm. need a lot more of that, right? It's a shame we have to put it in such simple terms in for word. people to understand. It, yeah, yeah, in songs. Yeah. <laughs> but words can tear you down. And the Bible even says that reckless words pierce like a sword. And who can bear a crushed spirit? Mm. Those are pretty intense. So the impact of reckless words is like being stabbed. And it's just as injurious as physical abuse. So we need to think a whole lot more about the power of our words when we talk to people, including on social media. When you hear or you read it, we should comment on how unkind and hurtful those words can be instead of just accepting it. Mm. I mean, do you ever do that? Do you ever call anybody accountable for their words on social media? Typically, we just unfriend them. Is that what you do? <laughs> just yeah. do away with them altogether because on social media, it's as if, when someone is in that pattern, they can't stop. I know. I have started to say, could we talk about it in a nicer way? Mm. You know, just to put a comment on there. I don't know if that would derail anybody's right. you know, behavior, but I think it's good to call it out. You're nicer than me. I just unfriend them. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> out of here. <laughs> and if you do address uh, emotional abuse, you're helping the abuser become more aware of the impact of their words and their behavior. And it's important because we just talked a little bit about the fact that the person isn't often aware of it or the person feels very trapped and wounded. And sometimes they're really afraid to speak up. And sometimes there can be very serious consequences if mm. they do. It's this ongoing cycle. And a lot of times people are threatened. If they leave the relationship, something terrible is going to happen to them. Right. So the fear is real because emotional abuse does sometimes involve threats to harm. Well, at the top of the program, uh, you mentioned yelling and name-calling, but it can take other forms as well. It can, and one of the forms we don't think about too often, but I've heard this in therapy from couples in the past, is they feel like there's emotional abuse with finances. Hmm. So this happens when a controlling partner or a person doesn't allow their spouse to have any control or any information about the finances and has complete control over them. And what happens is it creates an unhealthy dependency on the abuser. 
I don't know if you've ever heard anybody talk about that, but I've heard a lot of women really afraid to speak up about the abuse because they're so worried about what's going to happen with their finances and mm -hmm. they can't support themselves. Well, could this be because the controlling party here actually has a, a real fear of simply not having any money? I think it's more of if I don't control this, there's a real good chance this person could leave me. Mm, and okay. so to prevent the person from leaving them, they control the finances because then they're dependent on them for I the see. finances. Right. Another thing I've seen is when the abuser blames the victim and tells them they are the reasons that they're acting so unkind. So something like, I wouldn't yell at you so much if you would just do what you're told. So when you hear this time and again, you start to believe that the person's abusive behavior is your fault. You can really start to internalize it. Mm -hmm. uh, th this brings to mind, we've talked about this numerous times on this program, uh, gaslighting. Yeah, it, it is that form. It takes mm. that form of emotional abuse where you're really getting at the person's sense of reality by constantly telling them they're the problem. Mm. Well, we're about halfway through the show and we've, uh, we understand emotional mm -hmm. abuse at this point, but what can we do to stop it? So the first thing I would recommend is you reach out for support. This is a really hard thing to fight by yourself. Talk to a trusted friend or a family member who will listen without judgment. And if that's not an option, if you don't have anybody in that category, consider joining a support group for people who have experienced abuse or trauma. If you can afford a counselor, that would be a good thing, too. Once you establish that support, uh, what's next? You have to have some idea in your head about what you're willing to accept and are not willing to accept from the abuser. And I know that sounds a little like, well, why would you accept anything from someone who's an abuser, right? So I think it's helpful to get a counselor involved when you're trying to make those decisions because, again, we've been talking about how people in this cycle don't always recognize mm. that this is unhealthy. So it would be really good to sit down with a trusted counselor who can say, these are words of health in a relationship, these are words of encouragement, these are words of building up your partner, and these are the abusive things that people do. Then you start to develop a list in your head about what's acceptable or not. And then when you say to the person, you know, this is not acceptable, and this will be the consequence. So the consequence might be like, I'm going to walk out of the room, or I'm going to hang up the phone, or I'm going to stop the conversation. Then you have to enforce it. And if the abuser violates the boundary, mm. you have to enforce it even more. You have to do that every single time in order to change that pattern. And that's hard to do because usually the abuser just ups the ante and makes right. it even worse. You cannot negotiate on abuse. It's just not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. I think it's interesting in Proverbs ten nineteen, it warns that sin is not ended by multiplying words, mm. but the prudent hold their tongues. So someone who has a problem with emotional abuse needs to learn how to control their mouth and needs to learn how to control their words. Well, you use two terms there, negotiate and boundaries. And in any situation like this, if you're soft on your boundary the abuser is going to push every bit they can. So you really do have to take a stance here. Yeah, because it's like any kind of behavior. You, you start to think, oh, I can get away with it once in a while. Right. And then you find out that it happens even more and more. It's tough to do this. I just want to say changing a pattern like this is not an easy thing. You mentioned that uh, abusers like to isolate their victims. So I would think that uh, staying social would help, keeping friends around who could uh, help you realize what's happening. It really is. It helps you heal. It helps you see the person's behavior isn't normal like we talked about. And Now, this doesn't mean that you have to take all your friendships and just talk about this all the time mm. and talk about your problems. That would be good to maybe get a, a support person to do that. But simply being around other people, feeling acceptable, having people who don't treat you that way can really be a boost to your spirit. 
What about volunteering? What I mean is, you know, get out of the house and to be around other people and just go find other things to do. Yeah, it seems a little bit counterintuitive, but volunteering uh, your time can ease the stress and the anger and maybe some depression that you might be worrying about, that you might be floating that direction. So if you can find a local cause you care about and try something, volunteer at your church, be around people who will lift you up. (laughs) See, that would be me. I would need the church people because they'll bring the Christian perspective and they'll say, Hey, don't retaliate. (laughs) Fix this thing, but have a good attitude as well. Yeah, it's really hard not to retaliate. Abusers are excellent manipulators, and they try to provoke you to the point of breaking. Mm. And then they blame you for everything you do. So don't retaliate on any of the digs, insults, or threat. You know, don't repay evil with evil. And so it's hard to do that. It's hard to hold back your own temper. But remember, it's a trap. And you may be the one that's going to suffer the consequences. Are there things you can do to practice to stop the abuse? It takes a lot of courage. It really does. So you Mm. have to regain control of the situation by acting confident and really looking that abuser in the eye and not showing the fear. I think also speak in a very calm, clear voice, state a reasonable expectation, say something like, that was unkind, or stop teasing me, and then Act out of reason and not emotion. Again, that's really hard to do. Practice being more assertive in other situations so that when you're faced with something that's emotional abuse, you've been practicing how to be assertive, not aggressive. What do we do when we try to reason with the abuser? It doesn't usually work. (laughs) And uh, you may want to help that person, and you may be one of those people who says, if I just reason with them, I can change them. But it's unlikely that they'll break the pattern of behavior without some professional help. So it's their responsibility to make the change, not yours. Now, you can be supportive of the help, but they have to want to change. Since reasoning usually doesn't work, should you just simply disengage? Well, it's good to decide that you won't respond to abuse or get sucked into those arguments. You really need to stick to that. If it's somebody you can limit your exposure to, go ahead and limit it as much as possible. That's sometimes the case with relatives, maybe not so much with a spouse. This is one of the things I used to do at work when I had that emotionally abusive coworker. I just Hmm. made sure that I spent very little time, as little as possible, around him. Well, on that note, let's take a short break. And when we come back, does the Bible help guide our behavior when it comes to emotional abuse? More on that in just a moment. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold.
You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. That's drlindamental.com. And tell your friends about this podcast so they can listen anytime online as well. Dr. Linda, we've talked about that. Take the program anywhere. Today on the program, we're dealing with emotional abuse. And uh, if a person is someone of faith, how should we be thinking of this problem? Well, so you know we're going to go to the Bible for this, right? Because yes. that's what we always do. It's our go-to. And the Bible has a whole lot to say about how we should treat each other. In 1 Corinthians 13, that is a chapter that most people know, right? God tells us what love is and what it's not. So mm. it's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of rights or wrongs. It always protects And that is not what emotional abuse does. So the person doesn't understand healthy love if they're acting that way. Right. Chapter 13 is really a good description of what love looks like. That's why so many people have it read at their weddings. I know. So it's like you're starting with the right idea. Right. This is what it should look like. So really, there's no room or even excuse for abuse if you call yourself a Christian. Right. You should be working on this. You should not allow this to be characteristic of who you are. And There's a whole lot more that the Bible has to say in that. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Mm. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. Right. So emotional abuse really is not the type of fruit we should see from a Christian. Listen to this out of 1 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. All of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. It's pretty straightforward. Mm, And Chris, we're talking about the power of the tongue. We've been talking about that. Here's another directive. These are directives from Ephesians. These are not options. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. If you are working on this problem of abuse and you have some emotional scars, what should you do? You need to give yourself time to heal, reach out to supportive friends and family members. And if you're in school, talk to a teacher or a guidance counselor. And if you think it will help, find a therapist who can help you along the path and bring you to that part of healing. We know that God can heal a heart and that the spiritual part of this is so important too, but you do have to take action in terms Mm -hmm. of stopping these patterns. At what point in this process do you reach out for help? I think you should find a professional counselor if you're avoiding social situations, if you're feeling depressed, if you frequently feel fearful or anxious, if you're having frequent nightmares or flashbacks, if you're unable to carry out your responsibilities or unable to sleep, or you notice that you're beginning to use drugs or alcohol to cope. Support groups and uh, certain types of therapies like cognitive behavior therapy are just a few of the ways to address the effects of emotional abuse. But remember, emotional abuse is not healthy or normal, and it should not have to be tolerated. So get the help that you may need. We hope that today's program will help you identify it, give you some strategies, and we know that God is always capable of healing our heart. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, and our engineer and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone.
Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.